This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my apartment with multiple awesome guests. We are getting back to our great tradition of covering all of the Star Wars movies. This was a very special Star Wars movie because we waited until it came out on home video. (laughs) So it's home video time to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. And here to join me are multiple guests. He is a podcaster, comedian, and producer of Never Not Funny. It's Matt Belknap. Hello. Hello, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, like I just I'm taking advantage of the fact that we're not on camera or no one's seeing us. So I'm just like doing my own thing facially and with my hands. There was uh, some sleep removal from your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> oh, you're welcome to do whatever you want with your face here. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, like I don't know why I didn't think that you like. I was like, oh, they won't care if I'm just closing my eyes and scratching my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's not weird. Care. It's welcome. It's yeah. welcome. Let's see what our next guest does with their face. She's a comedian, a writer, and a big fan of both Doctor Who and Star Wars. It's Riley Silverman. Hello. Yay, Hello. Riley. I tried to do a weird deadpan thing, and then no one looked at my face, <laughs> oh, so like, it didn't pay off. I'm sticking with the idea that we're all in our yeah. own little bubbles, and we can't see each other. We're just listening. And yeah. I don't know why my hello then translated into like my voice doing like a weird Book of Mormon. Hello. <laughs> my name is Riley Justin. <laughs> and finally, she is a writer and actor, host of Sending the Wolf podcast, it's Clark Wolf. Hello! Hello! I'm just gonna smile. (laughs) That's just what my face is doing currently. Fair enough, fair enough. A nice inventory of our faces, our resting faces. Uh, So we are gonna dig into Solo. As always, people who listen to this podcast know that we'll have some substantive, meaty discussion of the film, and also some ridiculous, stupid uh, discussion of the film, which might suddenly turn meaty. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) Probably not. I know that uh, this group, because we've done every one of the Disney Star Wars movies, I know that you all will have strong and interesting opinions, and sometimes I have to work to hold back my own just volume of volcanic <laughs> Star Wars thoughts and opinions. So I wanted to get out as we discuss what is sometimes a controversial movie. My general take, uh, if people want to hear more of my thoughts on Solo, you can listen to uh, the Force Center podcast, which is just endless hours of my thoughts <laughs> in Ken Napsack and Jennifer Landa all about Star Wars. But my main reaction to this is I think I super enjoyed it because it was exactly what I expected it to be and more. Like, you can go back years on podcasts where people were saying, I'm not excited about Solo. And I'd be like, but what if it's like this? And then the movie was like that. So I was lucky to get this um, fast, pulpy adventure. I really liked that it went back to the roots of what inspired George Lucas, of just smashing all these genres together, had that serial cliffhanger energy where just different new things kept coming at you. But then I was so delightfully surprised that, to me, why I really love it is that the uh, MacGuffin could have been anything to just kind of get Han moving. But by making it this coaxium, this resource that you need, the whole movie, without really pointing at it, becomes this massive commentary about systemic poverty and oppression and every character is struggling for their freedom, mostly because there's a horrible, uh, tyrannical government who doesn't want you to have basic personal freedom, and half the characters even think that that's a dumb pipe dream, that you could have freedom. But uh, everybody's chasing this coaxium so they can get their freedom, and that's what made me really love uh, the film. That, and then uh, I will also throw out there that I do have some qualms with uh, some of the women characters, but I absolutely loved Kira. I think she's a really complex character. And uh, is much more complex than a lot of people gave her credit for just on first viewing. So that's my uh, brief take on Solo. Brief? 
I don't know about that, but <laughs> you did good great. I would me. never be able to say summary. it that quickly. <laughs> like, my opinion is going to take way more time, so look out. <laughs> I do this at grocery stores now, so people are just like, uh, is that, "Would you like a bag?" Like, here are my thoughts on something. <laughs> you just put your chip in the reader. <laughs> It'll beep when it's done. Just... I'll beep when I'm done talking about something. <laughs> All right, so Matt, let's start with you. What are your general reactions to the movie? How many times have you seen it? I, uh, I, I'm with you 100%. I think we had the same reaction, basically. Uh, but I, the, uh, I, but I only, it was the first Star Wars movie. I think it's the only Star Wars movie so far that I've only seen once in the theater. Oh, wow. Every other movie, I, even like, I think I even saw episode three, you know, like even though I was starting to wear thin on the prequels by then, I was like, I gotta do it just out, by, out of tradition. <laughs> but yeah, this one, I, I, it was, it was and, and we'll probably talk about this a lot more. This was a case of bad scheduling on Disney's part like this was way too soon for another Star Wars movie we we had a seven course meal at Christmas of yeah. Last Jedi and then they're like hey you guys want a cheeseburger I'm like no I'm full <laughs> I'm so full right now I could not eat another bite and they're like they're just a love it you remember this cheeseburger from your childhood in but, denny's literally had a han solo meal yeah. so i did yeah. literally yes. have a han solo cheeseburger it's ridiculous yeah. yeah so i i think almost everyone kind of felt a little like burned out on star wars when it came out so i i watched it i loved it didn't feel like i needed to go back and see it again if it had come out six months later i, I probably would have seen it twice yeah. in the theater so i just watched it a second time last night uh, on home video and um and felt the same way, pretty much. I think I might have even enjoyed it a little more. I think I had certain little qualms. Like I, I think uh, Ron Howard, I do have always felt like he's a great actor, a uh, director of actors, but he's not an action guy. Okay. So I felt like some of the acts, especially the opening sequence, feels, feels a little sluggish. Um, but that said, it I, I totally agree with. I like I was viscerally moved by this getting back to. Let's take westerns and like you know pulp noir and uh, all sorts of different old genres. Yeah, and just heist and romance. Sma- yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a train heist. It's yeah, it's all this cool stuff um, that harkens back to the golden age of Hollywood. And then it's it's like mixed together with sci-fi and the, the little pinpoints of Star Wars that we recognize. You know, like the, but although. I will say also not like yeah, I want to like I want to say a million things but like <laughs> it, like it's the least Star Warsy movie to me in some ways like it didn't feel very Star Warsy but there are still stormtroopers and you see some tie fighters and you know there's stuff like that but there's there's stretches where you're like this could be any movie like any dystopian type sci-fi thing <laughs> um and and uh and then you know there's the question of like can you get over another actor playing Han Solo and could you I it was a little bit of a struggle for me. It didn't get in, in the way of my enjoyment of it, but I even on a second viewing, it was like, the voice just is wrong. Like it doesn't even matter what he looks like. His voice is a different register from yeah. Harrison Ford, and that's weird to me. Like Harrison Ford has a very distinct low voice, and and like so that's. You know, I'm sure there's going to be somewhere, somewhere in canon, a comic book or that where Han Solo gets like punched in the chest <laughs> and like, right. permanently changes yeah. the register of his voice, yeah, and he, it will all be explained, and we'll be mad about it. Yeah, he, he <laughs> swallows a thermal thermal detonator and it gets lobbed in his throat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I also think like weirdly enough, he's like maybe the fifth most interesting character in the movie Solo. Like, there's a lot of really cool characters that yeah. because they're new to us, and you're like, oh, cool. I mean, know more about Enfys Nest. Like, and he's just kind of like Han Solo. Like, we know Han Solo. We know his deal. So uh, there's not a lot more to do. And that's just a function of prequelitis. Like, what do you yeah. really do? Why are you backfilling? Like, it doesn't need to be done all the yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. But, but that said, really enjoyed the ride. I'm glad. Like, I, I, like Last Jedi is 
a lot to take in. And I felt like this was the perfect counterpoint to that, where it's just like, let's go the other direction for one little beat. That's what I thought these like other movies were supposed to be. The story movies were right. supposed to be more like, let's just be fun and, and like, don't worry about this mythology as much. Let's just go like, let's do a pulpy genre right. movie. And so if it like had come out in December, it would have been like, oh, great. Here's a little Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it that would have been, been better great. than I think a force fed cheeseburger. Yeah. Because then by then people would have been like, I'm ready for Star Wars. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Riley, how about you? I was a fan. No, that's all I said. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. No, I, yeah, I, I think I was one of those people that probably on one of your podcasts had to be told, no, no, it's going to be great. Cause I, just, I didn't, <laughs> I did not care at yeah. all going into it. Like up until there was like, I think the last trailer that I saw before it came out, then I was like, oh God, I might actually really like this movie. And like, I, but I, the same kind of thing where I, I didn't need more Star Wars right away. Uh, I, I, same thing. I only saw it once in the theater and for the same reason, just, it was like, there was too much going on. I couldn't get back to it. And there was also, that's when like movie pass started like crap in the bed. So it was like, <laughs> like I bought, I saw it once. And I was like, well, I can't go see it again. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend money on a movie like a, like a peasant, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So that's exactly I, what peasants do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a lot of money on entertainment. Yes, indeed. The, <laughs> the, the, the opium of the masses. So opiate, whatever. Who cares? Anyway, so the, the coaxium. Anyway, <laughs> I – but I think the movie that I got out of Solo was the movie that I initially wanted Rogue One to be when I heard Rogue One being talked about. Okay. Because I thought Rogue One was going to be just like a heist movie. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, oh, we're breaking into the Empire to steal the plans to the Death Star. Like this right. like this thing. And that's what the trailer was going to think it was going to be. And Rogue One was way much more of like an espionage war movie, you know, including a giant battle scene. Yeah. Whereas Solo very much was a heist movie. And I love heist movies. So I was all there for like, yeah, train heist in Star Wars. I'm like, I haven't seen Firefly in 10 years. So I'm excited <laughs> to see more Firefly with Star Wars on it. Yeah. So that was great about it. I I think it. It was a movie that I had low expectations for because of all the behind-the-scenes stuff that had happened with it. Yeah. And it's frustrating because it, it felt very much like the reason why it came out in the spring and not didn't get pushed back to Christmas, even though it very much deserved to get pushed back to Christmas, is it felt like Disney had already decided that it wasn't going to be a hit and they were just kind of dumping it. Like, there was that attitude about it, even, like, as early as, like right after Last Jedi came out, or even before Last Jedi, like they were saying, like, I remember there being articles that the headline was, Disney has written off Solo. Wow. And then it came out, and it did as well, I think, as people expected it to. But then suddenly it became the narrative of, oh, everyone hates Star Wars now because mm-hmm. The Last Jedi was mixed-reviewed, and so this is why it didn't do well. And I don't think that's true, but I also don't think they did it any favors by putting it out when it did that like it became the child for that. You yeah, know, didn't deserve it. I think as it turned out, they weren't burying it. They were just waiting to be done with all Last Jedi business. Yeah, so those articles about like where's the trailer is like, well, it's because the Last Jedi has been released on home video, and then like yeah. very quickly afterwards. But it gave that effect, and it yeah. opened the door for all of those questions that affect people's enjoyment of the movie. Exactly, and I think that also like made it not as easily hyped when it came out. The general feeling that I got from people was they were sick of Star Wars. It was, they were like, we just saw a Star Wars movie. Like, we're good. Like, we don't need... And, like, also there was this idea of, like, why do we even need this movie as opposed to all the movies that are very vital to our, our well-being. <laughs> I hate that I, I hate will that phrase, die without why do we need this? But I also understood that, like, like it's Star Wars is not like Marvel where we, we, we've been getting a force, like, yeah, a, right. a regular rotation of them. And I know Disney kind of was trying to, like, test the waters of could we be like Marvel with Star Wars? 
and I don't think you can as much because I think it. I think the difference between Star Wars and Marvel is I think Marvel more so can actually like do different genres of movies, but yeah. just have a superhero like helmet on it. Star Wars, even when you do like this example, it was like you have the heist, you have the like the the chase sequence, you've got all that kind of stuff happening. The spaghetti western, yeah. it's still a space opera above and beyond anything else mm-hmm. and i think that might be why it doesn't feel as much like it can be as versatile even though it very much clearly can be based on what happened yeah. here but i think that I, i've been rambled a lot i apologize i think that <laughs> interesting rambling though so <laughs> i think that the movie is better than it deserved to be given the chaos of how it was made is that how you feel about it personally like you're saying lots of i think astute and interesting things about like the movie in the state of the industry and the audience, but where where do you land personally? What are you so affected by this that your reaction to the movie is just it's better than I thought, but I'm still not that excited. No, I'm I I mean obviously I wasn't so excited that I like had to rush back to the theater to see it again. Yeah. I, if I really 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 wanted to see it in theaters, I would have made time for it. But then again, that's also we live in this time period now where you know it's going to be on Netflix by the end of the year. Right. And you're like, all right, well, but I mean, I I went into it thinking it was going to be a train wreck. Okay. And I ended up leaving it going, this was really... It was a train heist. It was a train heist, <laughs> yeah. What a Yay. train surprise. And so I went in with, like, the lowest of expectations. And as a result of that, I left the theater being like, I really had a fun time in the theater there. And it's very... I think, like, I love the way... I think the, I think your seven-course meal and cheeseburger analogy is perfect because I was so in love with the way that Last Jedi really challenged me to, like dig deep into this concept of how a blockbuster can be thought we talked about it on the show like you you had a lot of great thoughts clark about last jedi being like this like chewy movie yeah. like like mm-hmm. and i think this one was like well i mean chewy was in it but it's <laughs> it's not a chewy movie it's, it's this was just like yeah it was just like i ah, know this is a quick meal but you're gonna really enjoy it and have fun and it did that for me okay but i also feel like how do i how do i phrase this like I don't think I would have wanted a movie as meaty as Last Jedi again so soon yeah. from the Star Wars. So I think it was good to have this kind of like palate cleanser movie where it's like now it's just like, and maybe that's part of why I wish it had come out later in the year. So it would have been like right in the middle of the two movies and it would have been perfect. Like hold me over until yeah, this right. epic conclusion. Okay. Cool. But yeah, so sorry. I, I've said a lot. I've, I've gotten more <laughs> rambling. I, I, like I said, I thought it was going to be a total mess because of the the firing and and, yep. the, and the rushing to get it done, but the completion date and the 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 sense of feeling that it wasn't going to be good, and so I think maybe I liked it even more because like I can't believe how good and how enjoyable this movie is. <laughs> despite the fact that it seems like it has no business being that. Yeah, I and think it's a totally legitimate reaction that you could plaster on the cover of a Blu-ray of not yeah. a train wreck. It's oh, actually, amazing. you might kind of like it. <laughs> I, I, it actually yeah. upset me then when it came out and no one would go see it. Yeah. Because then when it became very clear that it wasn't going to have a second weekend resurgence and it was because I actually was like, okay, it's so good that word of mouth is going to save it in the next mm-hmm. week. And then when it clearly was like, oh, it's not going to save it. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm actually really bummed this movie's not going to get its day in the sun. And I think, I do think that it's one that in like four or five years we looked back on a lot more fondly than yeah. it is right now and even sooner if i have anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well clark i, yeah. I yeah. definitely want to hear your thoughts um now I, i'm gonna uh, describe something and tell me if i'm accurate in this do i have the accurate memory that you like star wars but for the most part you see star wars films like these are other movies like you you or do you go to a star wars movie with a different hat on or are you just watching them as a fan of many movies and an expert on movies 
It's like, I'm seeing another movie. I, I sort of explain it as being a casual Star Wars fan. Okay. So, so the original trilogy was absolutely a really big part of my upbringing. Uh, I was at the age when the prequels came out where I was... It was enough for me to be like, nah, I don't think so about this. <laughs> and um, but I was really, really excited about Force Awakens, and um, and as we've talked about, you know, a lot, love Last Jedi. But um, so so yeah, that's how I say it is. I'm a casual Star Wars fan. Okay. I'm not going to be able to play trivia with you, <laughs> but I'm going to be able to. <laughs> Why like... would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to be able to like you know I think participate in the conversation and also have hopes and desires for these characters and for this franchise okay. and and yeah especially especially after the last jedi because okay. the last jedi to me felt like inclusion it, it felt like oh now this is something worth getting invested in yeah okay you were ready to be a little bit more all in yeah okay or dive in more yeah Okay. I feel more emotionally invested I would say. and then what happened to you on your star wars <laughs> okay. adventure when you saw solo so I have uh, probably voiced my opinion that um, all these side stories for me were kind of just. And to be to be fair, uh, I am not the biggest Gareth Edwards fan. So okay. when he was announced for Rogue One, I was kind of like, eh, I don't like his first movie, Monsters, um, and I didn't like Godzilla. So so that one, I kind of was like, I don't know about this. So that's really <laughs> not fair for like the side stories. Yeah. Um, when Miller and Lord were announced for Solo, I went, now we're talking. Okay. Okay. I want to see this. <laughs> oh, um, no. Yeah. And so, and, and so, uh, and Donald Glover, like how perfect. Um, and, and I specifically wanted to see Miller and Lord play in a side Star Wars movie, right? That to me made really good sense. And, and, and then when they were let go, I was, and that, so, I want to say this as respectfully as possible yeah. because I was on movie fights recently, and I made a big joke when James Gunn was let go that uh, Ron Howard should direct Guardians Three, and that was a joke, obviously. Yeah. But the sentiment is the same. I really like Ron Howard as a director. Willow is no kidding one of my favorite movies, and I love him as a producer. And I think he is funny, and I think I'm meaning think he directs comedy well. I think he he has an eye for talent. I think I mean I really like Ron Howard yeah. as a director, but he also signals to me vanilla. Okay. And so my gripe, if maybe you guys remember or audience remembers, some of my gripes with the decisions that are being made behind the scenes in the Star Wars universe is, it's so vanilla. Like, it, they're just the most safe, like, boring choices when it comes to maybe directors or the stories we're choosing to tell. Yeah. Um, and so this signaled to me, like, ah, okay. So maybe I was not wrong to, to think that the trajectory of this is not going to be to invite new fans or maybe fans who had an affinity for it as their, from their childhood, yeah. but who are now like want to be embraced by this bigger franchise. And, um, so I say all of that. I don't hate solo, okay, but I don't really love it either. Yeah. To me, it is vanilla. And that's, I like a vanilla sometimes, <laughs> you know, but, but it's, to me, it is, it is honestly nothing special. And I think it could have been something special. Um, I think that uh, the, so, oh, but here's the other part. Um, 
I think that, and I like, I, I, I'm sorry, like respectfully, I always get uh, Alden, Aaron Reich, Aaron Reich yeah, yeah. confused with Taron Edgerton or the <laughs> the guy from Baby Driver. So yeah. um, they're like kind of all the same. Well, they put I mean. Baby Driver in an almost Han Solo costume, I mean, as if to comment on his like, not casting. Yeah. Like, so yeah, yeah understandable. High so, level troll, right there. Uh, yeah, right. Um, but I say that to I like him, Alden. I like him in um, Hail Caesar. He's great. I yeah. I think that he is a talented guy. So this is not a knock against his talent. But he, to me, not a funny guy. And some of the one-liners, some of like the, hey, you know, like, mm, <laughs> oh, I, I wish swagger. I was a visual podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? The swagger. That's yeah. exactly right. Like, that's not this guy to me. And the thing is, I actually found myself about two-thirds of the way through the movie thinking, if this were about anyone else in the Star Wars universe telling the same story with the same messages, um, I probably could have enjoyed it that much more. And it wasn't even like a Han Solo, or I'm sorry, a Harrison Ford comparison. It was just like, why the hell does this guy have to be Han Solo? Like, why can't this just be a story? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And maybe he does run into Lando. Like, but you know what I mean? I just don't, like, I don't, I mean, it's that, it is that great Patton Oswalt joke of like, do you want to know where your favorite things come from? Like, I don't care. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, let me let me say this to to, to yes. that point. Which I mean, I think everything you're expressing is just uh, your opinion, and I think yeah, it's yeah. totally totally valid yeah, yeah. and welcome. Even though I'm a big fan, I'm really happy to have a different perspective and understand sure. why. The fascinating thing to me about the the prequelitis and the uh, why are they telling us things we don't want to know mm-hmm. is the reason this got made is because the guy who mostly wrote Han Solo, Lawrence Kasdan wanted to so to me it's this very weird like we come at it uh, and this is uh, from a little bit business industry Mm -hmm. but then that affects our viewing we come at it with that like ugh why more of this Uh, why is Disney choosing this safe Mm -hmm. dumb choice that nobody wants like the guy who helped create him wanted to tell the story so it's coming let me just finish this real quick the creation of the film is coming from an organic I wanted to know this. I think this is interesting. I'm an artist. This is my passion. This character lives in my heart, and I wanted to share my heart. And I brought in my son, and we did it. Now, that might not change at all the way anybody views it. But to me, it's just kind of a fascinating state of affairs that somebody like Lawrence Kasdan can be like, I am one of cinema's greatest writers. This is from my heart what I wanted to write. And to a lot of people, it can still feel like, why are you giving us this safe, dumb choice? I mean, maybe it's to me because I feel like it's like, okay, well, so uh, for instance, I wanted, I would have loved a Lando movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the it goes to me, goes back to the vanilla-itis of it all. Like, actually, I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I don't, I, I really do have great respect for the Kasdans and, and their contribution to cinema. Yeah. No one can argue with that. But also maybe the sensibilities of this older guy from an older generation yeah. aren't necessarily the sensibilities of mainstream audiences. Yeah, I cannot disagree with that. They're obviously, yeah, yeah, you need some fresh voices in order to continue what you're talking about, Last Jedi, that invitation into the, the fold. Right. I'm just fascinated that what could be a just safe corporate decision isn't. It feels like it is, but it's well, not what it was. That's what I was going to say when you wanted to finish, is that... Um, 
I wish that had been more part of the marketing of this movie. I agree. I totally. wish it had yeah. been more of a like Lawrence Kasdan's final vision for Han Solo being yeah. brought to. Like I wish it had been presented that way, so that people who, like like not just yourself, because like obviously I think you operate on a, on a higher level of awareness of what's happening in filmmaking than I think like your average movie consumer does because we're, we work in the industry. So like you're hearing about things like that and like, and like you analyze movies for a living basically. And I think that, but I think like people who were like are in like forums online who were like, why are we revisiting Han Solo? If it had been presented as Lawrence Kasdan wants to revisit <laughs> Han Solo, yeah. that also would have been such a great way of like, smoothing over the the glaring like backlash of of firing lord and miller of being yeah. like hey they clash with the writer's vision and we made this movie because the writer sold it and to that's us that's the thing like i i i um i'm sorry i feel like i'm like no this is great no but that's the thing is like if this had been the vision from the beginning, mm -hmm. if it had been like Ron, so Ron, Ron Solo, I'm <laughs> Ron, he has the swagger. He should have played. He does Han. have the swagger. Ron Howard had this great line that he was talking about in these junkets, where he was saying, "I remember George on the set of American Graffiti talking about this movie. I remember jo I, I I feel very in line with what George had wanted, and so I actually do feel like it's great that I am the one who gets to bring this vision to life. If that had been the decision from the beginning, yeah." yeah. Great, yeah. like throwback, fine. But you don't hire fucking Lord and Miller <laughs> yeah. to to bring this. So that is why I am like, you guys need to make a decision about what your franchise is. Yeah. Like we're seeing it with the with the new trilogy. You know the the J what J J Abrams signals is very different than what Ryan Johnson yeah. signals. Yeah. And so it's like, guys, you got it. Like Kathleen Kennedy and company. You need to own what you're making. And, you know, so that's it. Well, and I, like, I, <laughs> I agree with you on that. I, I, yeah, and I like the movie, but I agree with almost everything you're saying. And I think that there's like two things happening. It's, it, you're right. It's, it's not, it is deceptively risky to make a solo movie. It seems safe because like everyone loves this character, but at the same time, it's like, He's precious, like Han uh, and Harrison Ford. It clearly was a risk that didn't pay off, too. Yeah. Financially, yeah. Financially, And this yeah. is yeah. the first Star Wars film that's ever focused on just one character, uh, you right. know, it, and not a Jedi. There's yeah. no lightsaber. It's like so one lightsaber, but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's in a hologram though. <laughs> of, of but it's double ended, so it's yeah, two so it's two lightsabers, <laughs> depending on how pedantic yeah. you want to get, right? But I think <laughs> that's how pedantic I wanted to get. Apparently, <laughs> like I, I think they they they've promised initially with Rogue One or even before Rogue One they introduced the concept of we're going to do these side movies they have they're 0 for 2 with delivering what they originally promised yes. which was movies outside yes Not, neither of these have been outside of anything the first one has Darth Vader as its high point and then Princess Leia pops in in the last frame and then this one's all about one of the major characters of the original trilogy. So you can't... These are Sith cameos at the end anthologies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, that's not what I wanted. I wanted movies that are off in a different corner. Yeah, me too. Made by people who have different ideas. Yeah. Like, that seems cool and fun. I want like, movies set in different eras, even. I right. want movies yeah. that aren't even, like, touching what's happening in the other storylines. And, and I, like, it sounds like they're maybe going to do that with Benioff and Weiss, or I don't know. Like, maybe. Uh, Ryan Johnson, for sure. If, yeah. If everything continues a pace and he does it it's going to be his own thing totally disconnected yeah. yeah so like that's all great but like now you've you've kind of deprecated the 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 franchise by teasing something that you weren't really 
you didn't have the guts. I, it feels like it was they didn't have the guts to do it fully. They were like, oh, we better get Darth Vader in here. Oh, we better have Chewie. We better have the Millennium Falcon. Like they're 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 hedging their bets left yeah. and right, and I, that doesn't feel good when you really movies thrive on risk taking and new ideas. Like the reason why to me, I, like the characters in this movie, like Enfys Ness is a really interesting character. I want to see a movie about her. Like that's a cool character. Yeah. Like a whole movie about that whole world without any legacy characters is way more interesting than this movie where the legacy the, the major legacy character is kind of dead weight. Like and I, and again, I like it. Like I enjoy it, but it does feel like he's the one holding back this really interesting thing that's like new and like wow we're in wow. Like new places i just totally pulled along by by han's perspective that even with the wrong register that i think uh, alden plays well of that mm-hmm. optimism of like uh, we're gonna f- I, I keep being in bad situations i'm naive and dumb and i yeah. don't have a good plan but i'm confident i'm gonna find one like yeah. that's what electrified that me fun. and made me yeah. feel like a kid okay, like, I, I see like that. Yeah. we're in a lot of crappy situations in the world and just in the right. industry you're always have like yeah. every time you go for a meeting there's like i should probably do something dumb and risky and that's the only way anything good will happen right. and there's something infectious about the way he played a young han who isn't uh quite as broken down who's just like i don't know i it's yeah. cocky and dumb and, and a little obnoxious, but I'll find a way. Yeah. I kind of made peace with it in that regard by like just kind of almost in my head not thinking him as Han Solo. Like I almost like in my mind was like, oh, this is like an alt universe version of the same character. That's yeah. why he like his portrayal is so different. And then but that's why it could have been literally like like Clark was saying, it could have been literally any other character yeah. with all that same exact mentality and, and portrayal. Okay, so you both liked but, the film better if it was Jan Solo. But I don't think, to me, it didn't okay. matter. I was able to make the cognizant, cognizant, whatever, cog- <laughs> why can't I say those words right You're now? Am I able to defeat the cognitive dissonance. Co- yeah, I was able to do those things and I, I don't know why, I'm like now afraid to try to say it again because I know how to say it and I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to Take a shot now. like Jan Solo would. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly don't think I can do it right now. <laughs> okay. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Yes. Hey. Wow, that was weird. Great yeah. shot, um, kid. Hey, close. <laughs> hey, go home. So, I, I, for some reason, like, I just disconnected right away from like this is okay. not the Harrison Ford Han Solo. This is this guy's Han yeah. Solo. Same thing as like I do with like watching Chris Pine play play Captain Kirk. Yeah, he's not really doing a William Shatner impression except for one time as a gag. Yeah, and then I'm like, but this is still Captain Kirk. But this is just this Captain Kirk. Yeah, yeah like yeah. cool. That's how I do Can I say one last Absolutely. thing about the marrying of, like, the visions and all that? Yeah. So, um, I think one of the... We talked... I think we talked during Last Jedi about... Um, about the, the 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 can you hear me what the jokes right yeah. the funny mm-hmm. um <laughs> the, the funny you know, uh, which i quite appreciate that was hilarious Wait. yeah uh, but um and does that belong does it not so with the solo with solo i think like one of the big standouts was like did you ever did you really ever wonder where solo came from like right yeah. now i want to bring this up because to me, that felt like a gag left over from maybe a different script from with different comedic filmmakers, and maybe the direction would have been different. Like, I, I sat there thinking, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not arguing that this is a hilarious joke. What I am arguing is that there were a handful of moments in this movie where I was like, yeah, I totally feel like I know how this would have or could have played out had Miller and Lord been directing it, having watched mm-hmm. Last Man on Earth or their feature work or whatever, and how 
clearly this stuff just didn't land with the people behind the scenes. Well, there's the scene where they, they go up to um, Dryden. What's his name? Dryden, Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss's uh, yeah, house. Yeah, the first light. And, and Hans trying to just kind of talk his way through. Like, he doesn't know anything. He has no... He doesn't have any facts or information or anything that would help him. But he just sort of starts sentences and lets other people finish them. To try <laughs> yeah. to like, and, like, that... that I agree. Like, that very much felt like if Lord Miller... Where that would be a much funnier scene. It's still kind of funny. Like I, I still, I didn't think he was super funny, but I thought like there was some humor in the sort of brash, you know, like shoot from the hip way he approached things, which we recognize as a Han Solo attitude. But yeah, it, you're right. Like I, I didn't think about that at the time, but I do feel like that especially was like this. This is a different. This was from a different movie a little bit. This is fascinating to me yeah. because to me the the comedy works like yeah no, I, I think there are oh, a lot of, there are a lot like, of times example too was like the click click with the grenade rock yeah like that just it was such a weird tonal so weird. shift and, that, yeah. and, it, and it works out great because the and whole I think a risk for a star wars movie is an example yeah. that's a different kind of more modern joke that i think worked yeah. in a star yeah. wars movie but i do agree with clark i think the solo line in another context feels almost more like a hunk because it's a prequel yeah. like it feels like like it's a oh, self-aware wow. joke i i would bet my kidney that that was never intended as a joke like you think i think ca- i think lawrence yeah. cast i like think you exactly yeah. felt like that was like, yeah this is it this i is think there I'm are doing. probably a ton of examples of things that are a little herky-jerky because lord and miller were going in a different direction and they used that there's like one time where lando walks down the stairs weird and goes yoo-hoo and like <laughs> yeah. what the hell is that like i think i think you're totally dead on that there that might are be a moments where there's choice though yeah, yeah, but why did they? Anyway, I, the point is, I think <laughs> there are moments know? where there is some weird disagreement totally. in, in the film. But I think that solo thing is totally once again that perspective of Lawrence Kasdan isn't sitting around thinking. He hasn't been sitting in in bars having arguments about what is too much prequelitis. He yeah. thinks this is a truly intriguing way to have this like nameless orphan be given a name by this thing he's going to end up fighting, and then that name comes to have so much. Meaning that he gives it to his son. I think that everybody involved thought this is a, an interesting idea. Well, then out to that point, then I could totally see. And again, I wasn't there. I have no information. But just being a fan of the original filmmakers who yeah. was hired, who were hired, and knowing what my comedic sensibilities are, and they like kind of line up with their work because okay. I love them so much. Uh, meaning, I'm a fan of that brand of humor. If I, as an actor, got that in a script, I'd be like, "There's no way." This is supposed to be serious. Like, I, I, I truly, and again, I, I hope I don't come off, like, as a whippersnapper, like, you know, flipping off the other generations. But, like, I, if I read that, I would be like, there, there's what? That's yeah. supposed yeah. to be serious? I, I, so that's really interesting to me. That that's your take on it. Yeah. No, I know. It's, it was I one of my things. I would get fired off of Zolo. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I have not, just to pull the curtain back, I have not got to any of my actual questions yet. But that was one of them. So okay. I'm glad that we're talking about it. Well, I, I think that there's a weird echo in that moment of what happened with Lucas and the prequels, which is Lucas didn't spend 30 years obsessing over Star Wars. His fans did. Yeah. And Lawrence Kasdan didn't spend 30 or 40 years obsessing over Star Wars. His son the, did. The son. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> like, the movie. those guys come to it with a professional detachment 
that right. the people who are going to be watching it most the most intently yeah. do not have. And so what they think is like, hey, here's an f- interesting idea. It's like, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I've spent 30 years thinking about where that name came from. Don't just pop this thing on me. Like, he doesn't have the luxury of understanding that some people are way more, like, way ahead of him in some ways. But yeah. not. I'm not saying that they know better than he does. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's just about when you're a creator, you... You do your, you live your life and do your thing, and then you come back to a thing like, oh, you know, what would be fun is if we found out that this uh, imperial officer gave him that name. Everyone's like, dude, no, like, what are you talking about? They can't, no, you can't just tell yeah. us that that's all it was. I read a novel twenty years ago that said this other thing about it. Or right. even that I decided in my own personal life twenty years ago that I never want to know where that name came from. And you can't like yell right. back at the film like, excuse me, sir, yeah. I do not want to know. Please that. don't tell us that. <laughs> that I'm well, on board for this movie as a general idea, but don't yeah, go too is- deep. Yeah, that right there in a nutshell is my biggest gripe with most online hatred for movies these days. And like, is that most of the criticism that you levy in a movie isn't that it's not good or that it's not well yes. done. It's that it's not exactly it's not the movie the that I wrote in my head. Totally. Yeah. The amount of people that I've heard, I, I know this is not The Last Jedi when we talked a lot about that already, but like the amount of times where people say, Ryan Johnson doesn't get Star Wars. I'm like, he does get Star Wars. He doesn't get he your is, interpretation He just didn't make Wars. your fan yeah. fiction Star Wars. He yeah. made his own fan fiction Star Wars and got paid a lot of money to do it. Yeah. And the one thing I was thinking about while we were talking was that the one thing that's nice about this movie not coming out before Christmas is that Imagine if this exact same movie had come out at Christmas time. I think that all the people who are just dead set on ruining Kathleen Kennedy's life for existing and being a woman who's powerful and making movies is that like they think they, they think they're getting one over on her by like tormenting her through every comment they possibly can. Yeah. If this movie had come out exactly the way that it's made now at Christmas time, I guarantee you the narrative then would have been see we pushed on her hard enough and she made the exact movie we wanted to see. Yeah. And like, even that's though it was already done. Well, that's why the failure of it kind of confused me is because yeah. it kind of was the movie that the Last Jedi haters were asking for. It was yeah. exactly that It's very in retrograde yeah. in terms of gender roles yeah. and like yeah. all this yes. other stuff, which is a knock against it, like yeah, for me. for sure. But, uh, and race relations. But it's funny, it's but... ironic that those people probably didn't go see it. Yeah, and they thought they, they like, we're, sh- we're going to show yeah. her and we're going to not go see it and then right. they'll, then they'll, Stop making any Star Wars, and then we'll be the winners. Yeah, like, like, like if, we can, if we can show them that Star Wars is a catastrophic financial deficit, then they'll make the Star Wars the movie we want to see, as yeah. opposed to burying the franchise forever. Yeah, you know, it is a failure at making hundreds and hundreds of millions yeah, of dollars, right. just not enough to cover the firing. Uh, yeah. So we could do the whole podcast about uh, all these fascinating how the bigger picture of the industry and Sounds the outside good. information. Yeah. But I do want to dig into the actual movie with a couple yeah. questions. I always ask this question with you guys. If you could hug any character in the film Solo, which character would you Lando. hug and why? Lando. Okay. Well, L3 probably. L3. Okay. Is that because you attached to the character L3? Did you like L3? I actually liked L3 a lot, but I also think that I have... I, I think a lot of people were disturbed by her ending in a way that I wasn't. Like, I okay. didn't... I didn't. When I saw it in theaters, I didn't interpret the ending the same way a lot of other people did. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't as disturbed by it. And so I just really enjoyed that character. Yeah. Um, because I, I didn't see it as her actual consciousness being uploaded into the Falcon. I just saw it as, like, an organ donation. Like, just, like, part of her pieces. Like, yeah. Like, just her maps. And, like, the maybe database, a bit of her yeah. personality a little bit, but, like, not, like... In my is in my in my mind, she's dead. Like she actually died in yes. that scene, um, and 
So I want to hug her because she's yeah. sad. I'm sad she's dead. All right, I'm going to turn back to the hugging question in a moment, yeah. but since we're on the L3, that's the way I, I choose to interpret it. The mm-hmm. solo novelization <clears throat> plays around with a lot and almost in some ways muddies the water a little bit. So we'll just talk about the movie. I interpret it the same way as she's becoming one with the Falcon. She was dead anyway. There was no way to save her as a sentient being. So I wanted to ask this question to you. If you died mm-hmm. and a part of your soul could merge with like your friend's Prius to save their life. <laughs> yeah. Would you choose absolute death or merging with a Prius? Obviously merging with a Prius. <laughs> I mean like that's yeah. it's it's is this, crazy. This is to too much of a leading question. I mean hopefully a, a better taken care of Prius that will continue to move <laughs> on and, and survive throughout a, a film franchise versus yeah. one that's gonna break down in seven years and get a replacement. You want to be in the best Prius possible. Yeah. But like I, I didn't. I even went as far as to think she's like you. She's a robot. Like wow. you can get this. Like she's not dead. <clears throat> she wasn't alive. But you can salve it. Like we saw C three PO go through some serious fucking shit. Sorry to swear, <laughs> but that's he's the only a lot, way to man. describe it. And he's fine. Like I think you could rebuild. I thought my interpretation was she shared her database and then. Lando could eventually... Re- I mean, I don't think the Kazans think this. I think you're right about their intent. But in my mind, I was like, no, no, you can rebuild that robot. Well, my, your friend's coming back, baby. My feeling on the droids, I, I I have this ridiculous, and maybe we don't have time for it, but I have this ridiculous, like, now thought process about how the droids function in Star Wars. And that is that I think that, like, yes, you could rebuild L3, and you could turn her back on, and she'd have all her same functions, but I don't think her personality would be the same. I, I think, think that's I think the, that, in the spirit of Star Wars when you watch all yeah. of it. The droids fear, they evolve, and yeah. they fear death. I if think they were the, just like yeah. a memory card that could be swapped out, yeah. it would be different storytelling. My, my feeling is, that I'll try to do this really quickly, because it's, it's super nerdy, but my feeling is the droids in Star Wars are essentially a combination of what their programming is and then like the actual time after they've been programming like the things they see and they experience and how that works with the programming and that's why R2 is so rebellious because he has not been wiped in so long that he's got just like complicated things happening in there (laughs) and that's why K2SO was so mouthy and like like quippy in Rogue One because his programming is literally countermanding what he's originally designed to do yeah which is like he's supposed to be an imperial droid instead he's a rebel so his whole program is is rebel yeah whereas i think 3po the reason why he's fairly the same whenever he gets like messed up is that i think he's the most like what he is programmed to be like which is just to be the stuffy protocol droid yeah and that's why like when his memory is wiped at the end of the first trilogy like of the prequel trilogy i have to say and then when it comes to the original trilogy, he's basically the same, essentially functioning. I mean, yeah, all yeah. He does even is... more neurotic because he fears something he doesn't even remember happening. Exactly. <laughs> Droids get it rough in Star Wars, yeah. and they're going to have to address it soon. Yeah. Clark, who would you hug? Oof. Um... You can say Lord and Miller if that's the honest answer. <laughs> oh my God, I would totally want to hug them, but I want to hug Ron Howard too. Aww. He's a delight. Um, I think I would hug. Uh, well, I would want to hug Woody Harrelson because who doesn't love Woody Harrelson? But he's also a bit of a dick. So <laughs> maybe, but you know, truly, I think I would hug Val. Yeah. Because Val was a cool, fun character and what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and Real. to your point about yeah. L3, uh, I just want to <clears throat> say that, you know, in the lady issues, um, that all landed really poorly for me. Yeah. Like, end of act one, now we're going to kill Val. End of Act 2, now we're going to kill L3. I agree. End of Act 3, 
Yep, that lady you've been following, she's bad. Like, I, well, here's the. I do want to talk about this real quick yeah. because I think it's a big. Uh, it's something I'm passionate about. Sure. I 100% agree about Val and L3, and I feel like they really needed to do that because you're right. It's exactly at the act beats. I feel like that revelation of, of Kira is tainted by that. I agree because Kira is not bad. She, I don't think she is. If you track her motivations. Well, but she, but I will as say bad that as somebody who was sold into slavery and then fought her way. I think what I'm trying to say is, is to, I'm not saying this in response to you. Into like, the, you know, yeah. I don't think she really double crosses him. No, I think that she does. She what saves she, his life. I think would she saved him. She releases him like a dove. Well, but would we argue that she? So you guys think that to a general audience, when we leave that movie and she's like talking to Darth Maul, we're supposed to think that she's not a questionable character? I think uh, she's still enslaved. I think she cannot escape Crimson Dawn and she knows that. And like I think that even though she's now like in this position of power, she's still Darth Maul's toy now. Right. Like, like she was Voth. Which is not a good ending for her either. I want to be really clear that I liked that character yeah. a lot. And I, I'm not saying, oh, I wish she was like, you know, uh, little Bo Peep and really sweet and all that stuff. Um, uh, And I thought Amelia Clark actually was like looked like she was having the most fun yeah to me. She, she surprised me because i've seen her in things anything other than Agreed. game of thrones yes. i think she's very limited yes. but i thought she turned in a really great Agreed. performance really like layered and interesting and i that turn of the i mean i that's the, also a combination of the writing and the performance but that turn i think is conflicted i don't think she's necessarily happy she's taking the path that's in front of her totally. and that's interesting it's 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 a complicated situation it's not as simple as is she a villain now i mean she is a bad guy like she's running a crime she, syndicate there's all these she doesn't she feels guilty for all the murder that she's done yeah. she doesn't want to do it she arranges this so that emphasis can get the coaxium right. she lies to maul so that han and Chewie can escape she I, I think she's trying to climb higher in the organization so she can maybe escape it someday by taking down maul or at least affect a little bit of change and the thing that bothers me about it is it is one of the brave, cool things that you were desiring more of in Solo because she's a much more complicated character than we normally see. She could have been a cardboard femme fatale who just, surprise, I'm evil, I stab you with my space heels. <laughs> right. Instead, it's surprising and interesting, but I think it is hard for the audience to see that because they just saw two other women just end abruptly yes. to serve yeah. men's stories. Yes. To the point where... As much as I like Enfys Nest, I was disappointed in the theater because I actually thought that when Enfys Nest's mask came off, it was yeah. going to be Val. I, I mean, 100% that, that is, that, is that not yeah. her, their child? Like, well, seriously, I mean, too, that, yeah. that is seriously no kidding. I was like, how is that not their child? <laughs> you guys, you guys. Like, I was right. so frustrated. I was like, that's just, it's so obvious and it was interesting like, yeah oh my god that was like i the... can't i can't disagree that those thoughts went through my head like oh val 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 oh their child yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no well, now like... i know like that's me going back to my whole like it's not the fan fiction that was in my head but it right. does it just felt so much it's especially so because obvious. especially like... because val is so vocally <laughs> like emphasis nest is going to rob this train yeah. no they're not going to no i'm telling you that emphasis nest is going to rob this train but also just killing Our the character so Infest unceremoniously yeah. makes you feel like well she has to come back in the third act because why else would she die so abruptly yeah. with no it's like you introduce her you set her up as a badass and like there's like big connection here yeah it really felt like they 
they dropped the ball on follow through with that. Like that whether was, or not what a it was waste of a Tandy Newton too. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're gonna put Tandy Newton in your movie, you gotta give her more to do. Yeah, and I do yeah. think that filmmakers do have to take responsibility for that level of meta. Who is the actor we cast? What is their you know fandom like? Uh, what who who are they? Diversity wise, these things do yeah. actually matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so we well, haven't got, got to you on hugs though. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh uh, yeah. just so. real quick, I'm gonna say Rio because uh, he's got forearms to oh, hold me, baby. And he died. He dies in a very sad way. You know, yeah. like it's a bummer. Like it is he, bummer. I didn't love that character honestly. I, when I was watching it with my wife last night, she was like. This is a little too rocket, and I was like, "Yeah, he is very rocket raccoon." <laughs> um, and like the voice is a little too ro- like I don't know. <laughs> I know John Favreau. It's like I'm psyched for him that he got get to be in the Star Wars universe. He seems to be getting everything that I dreamt of as a child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, oh my god, for sure. But uh, but it's all interesting that he he made a choice about how he was gonna. Uh, pronounce uh, Chewbacca and like he uh, ran uh, with yeah, it. Yeah, Wookie. Wookie. Oh yeah, right, yeah. right. That's what it was. I yeah. do like his like r- his shtick of like being like a running and like like a Wikipedia basically of like you'd never been more comfortable than sleeping in the arms of a Wookie. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, he's sharing his fan fiction about yeah. the way the yeah. Star Wars galaxy works. Yeah, he is. All right, I think Rio's a great answer. All right, so we uh, we've talked about a lot of the questions that I was going to ask, but uh, let me take a look at what we've got. If you were going to pull a heist, which of the characters would you want on your team? Uh, Han. Chewie, Kira, Lando, or Enfys Nest? Who would you pick to do a heist with of those characters? Kira. Kira. Now, why is that? For all the reasons we just talked about. Because I think she's savvy and smart and knows how to play a game, the game, and would get you out of a sticky situation. Yeah. Uh, in the in the novels that have included Kira, there's one uh, prequel novel in the solo novelization. They really play up how much she is a planner and thinks ahead, which mm-hmm. I think you can see in the movie if you want to. Do you relate to that? Do you feel like you yourself are like a planner, like given a situation and you can go crazy Han improvise or you can go Kira really think through and plan your next move? Which do you do? Oh, well, it depends. I suppose if physical danger were involved, I would plan as much as possible. Uh, but I Plan think, for danger, the Clark exactly, Wolf story. Yeah, but, um, but, you know, if it came to just talking and I at least kind of knew the material, what I was supposed to be talking about, I think I could maybe make some stuff up. Okay, interesting. All right, how about you, uh, Riley? Who would you do What was the list with? again? Sorry. Uh, your options are Han, Chewie. Kira, Lando, or Enfys Nest? Yeah, I gotta go with Kira as well, and for the same reasons. Like, I know it's not exciting to have a new answer, but that's 100% how I feel about it. And I think It's the right answer. Yeah, and I think for me, it's like, I'm not the person who's really great at planning something, and so I want somebody in there who's better at it than me to, yeah. to make sure, like, it gets done, because I'm not that kind of lady, so... Okay. How about you, Matt? Who would you heist I mean, with? Kira is the smart choice, but I'm gonna go Chewbacca just because <laughs> you know deep down I still want to be Han Solo, probably. Yeah. So like sure. that's the closest I'm gonna get. And like you know, it's good to have some muscle, you know, yeah. to back up. And your voice is in his register, so you're halfway there. <laughs> I mean, I think deep down I was a little bummed that I wasn't cast. <laughs> Am I too old? Yes, I'm not even an actor. I know there's some limitations, yeah. there's some there's definite there's drawbacks. There's a lot of problems, but yeah. still. But they should have considered it. I yeah. mean, if nothing else, I could have maybe done ADR for them. Yeah. You know, on the topic of prequel stuff though i did really like the han meets chewy scene like i thought that was pretty well handled pretty like cool. i i found myself getting physically excited in theater when i was like realizing who the beat like when i when i found like oh the beast is gonna be- oh, oh i was like so happy and like i like i was like gleeful and i, I like got like i like when he first appeared and did that i like clap i involuntarily clapped like <laughs> nice. i was so excited to see Chewbacca. it was also like uh 
one of the few times when a Star Wars movie did something that they've already done and I wasn't mad about it. Yeah. Which is, it was very Rancor pit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was cool with that. I was like, cool, this is like a nice uh, homage to the to the Rancor. And yeah. I liked the, uh, the wild, what's the, the, the Defiant Ones kind of reference with them running around attached to each other. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I could have watched 20 more minutes of Han and Chewie running great. with an Imperial Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think they really weapons. knocked it out of the park with it. Uh, with Han thinking he needs uh, Kira to be his partner and even at the end Kira says like you need Chewbacca and Chewbacca needs you that she sees that like you're, this is really a love story between you and Chewbacca. Mm, yes. I think that's yeah. a great part of the movie. Uh, if you worked at an Ikea who would you rather have as your manager? <laughs> Dryden Voss or Maul? <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, man. I'm gonna say Maul, okay, because if there's anybody who can figure out how to put together wayward pieces of furniture, <laughs> it's the guy with the mechanical legs. Because yeah. <laughs> you think by by the uh, skill of leg construction, you yeah, be a better like, manager. If, than if, if you can put those pieces together, you can put together a, a, a Jeff chair. Okay, yeah, that would be great if his <laughs> legs had some strange know. Swedish yeah. name. These are my robot legs. Yeah, Svetlana. <laughs> well, what, I, what I've learned from a Swedish comic that i saw was that all the ikea furniture is just the swedish words for those things oh, like amazing. like so i would it would just be whatever the leg is in <laughs> nice how about you clark uh i guess i don't know i guess i guess dryden voss did you like that character or uh did he impact you in any way or did he just not phase you i mean i yeah, I don't have too. I don't have strong feelings about it. Okay. I just didn't want to pick Darth Maul again. But I do have a question that. But I don't yeah. want to derail this Feel conversation. Free. Feel free. Why stop now? Well, We've all. I've been doing it the whole time. So can can we talk a little bit about about like if you're me and you don't watch Clone Wars? Yeah. And then uh, Darth Maul shows up yeah. and you're like, hey, that guy is dead. Yeah, I thought I'd dangle old Maul out and see if uh, if and anybody anyone brought, if anybody felt strongly about this. I, yeah. I honestly don't feel strongly about yeah. it really. Because I, I think he's an interesting character from what I remember from the prequels. I think he looks cool. Yeah. So down with that. Uh, and also at this point with giant franchises that go on for decades, like they always find ways to bring somebody back. I'm not yeah. offended at all, but I just feel like it's this question of like, huh? For for theatrical audiences. Mm, yeah. And so I just was curious if you guys felt like that was I mean, a cheat is the wrong word, but like, if you felt like that was cool, I'm uh, gonna say a, not not from a like personal like, oh, that right, was right. awesome, but you yeah, know what like I mean. I'm gonna say that I also didn't watch Clone Wars, so like, it was kind of like a surprise for me. Like, I I knew that Maul had made appearances and stuff. I've seen like Funko Pops of him and like on the Rebels <laughs> logo or, or whatever. Yeah, that's all I knew of it, and I was like, why is he back? I don't get it. But like, so I it was one of those ones where like I didn't really want Darth Maul to come back in general. I never had the love for Darth Maul that people had. And I kind of liked that Obi Wan's thing was that he he like defeated the Sith Lord. So like that. I mean, I guess he still defeated him, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He defeats him again. Yeah. Oh, well, spoilers <laughs> for a thing I haven't. I'm not going to care to watch. Uh, <laughs> I for me my immediate thought was oh they're clearly trying to make a sequel to this already like th- that's what right, I thought I thought it was seeds for the next solo movie or totally. the Lando movie yeah. or whatever and to answer your question Clark I don't think it was a good idea that said I geeked out of like course. a maniac in the theater when it happened and I didn't yeah. even watch all of Clone Wars I watched enough of it to know that he came back and then enough of Rebels to know that he reappears in Rebels. Um, and that's why I would choose him as uh, as my boss at Ikea. To <laughs> Good job. Because oh, yeah. I, I like the way he tried to mentor Ezra. Like, I think yeah. he has some, Rebels, yeah. s- some part of him 
would be a good manager. Whereas Dryden Voss is a he's a maniac. Oh right, who yeah. scares the hell out of me. He's gonna flip out because he caught you eating some of those Swedish meatballs. Yeah, yeah on your lunch break. Or he whatever, has yeah. anger issues. He's violent. I mean, they're both violent, but like. Dryden's unpredictable and violent, yeah. which I don't like. I don't react well to. So. I, yeah. I just actually remembered who Dryden Voss actually was. <laughs> and so I, I'll say that did, he did not make an impact on and you then. No, but he's. I, I totally pick him because he's super hot. <laughs> and Even with the tiger stripe face. I mean, yeah. you know when he's mad at least. I'm, you I'm, can't I'm, be I'm passive no. aggressive. Okay, yeah. Paul, is... Paul Bettany's what's up? Like yeah. at the end of the day, and also I could probably roll in and be like, "Oh, sorry, you know, sorry, I'm late." And he'd be like, "Ooh, just don't." do it again and I'd be like okay sorry and then he'd like act like he was mad but then I yeah. I could talk my way out of it which goes back to the other question of, of doing the heist nice with so the anyway. bow and everything no, I think the mall thing is a great thing to bring up I think it is a fascinating intersection of a huge blockbuster storytelling and franchise storytelling right now because there is a huge contingent of people of Star Wars fans who are mad and we're starting a sort of Kathleen Kennedy doesn't care about real fans about hardcore fans who dig into this and why aren't the franchises more connected if we're going to invest all this time and then this was a big like uh you can't make that argument anymore they risk confusing the hell out of audiences to put not not a, a character who's just there for like uh fans to go ooh, but the exact right character like if you've been following along watching clone wars watching rebels reading the books that is exactly who should be there. He's already started a criminal empire once. The whole way the movie functions is someone is at the top of this who is scarier than anyone with a blaster. Kira knows that and Han doesn't. So he is like the perfect, the only choice to tell it. And they take this huge risk. But then there's that still that question of, is it a good risk? And like... To just to just to like as as you know casual fan who kind of knows what's going on, um like for instance when um okay spoilers for the movie Split. <laughs> oh, I've not seen it. Okay. Oh, really? Does it matter? Do you know the do you know the surprise at the end? I I don't. I only know that that it's connected to another movie okay, that yes. I that no one knew at the time. Yeah. It was connected so to. so basically there is a reveal at the end of Split. Okay. And I saw it very very early with a packed house. Yeah. Half of the audience knew exactly what was going on yeah. and lost their shit. Right. The other <laughs> half of the audience was like, "Huh?" Right. But it didn't change the entire movie that you had just seen. Right. Right? So the way it happens is like so fast and it tells you so much. Um, but the entire movie you just saw is a standalone thing. Yeah. And with what you just said about being like a hardcore fan and Darth Maul is the best person to lead this, I don't get that yeah. at all. And so that's what's so frustrating. But is- you don't, d- does that affect the movie? Because I, I am in between you two where mm-hmm. I, I am too. knew that he was alive and I knew some of what you just described, but I, I, I'm not as keyed into like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I just more viscerally was like, oh, cool. I did not expect <laughs> this cool guy who never was properly utilized in the prequel movies right. to show up right now. And that's just, I was excited, like in a very like childlike way, mm. just excited to see a cool looking yeah. devil man. Who I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's... I remember when episode one came out, I was like, that guy's awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, that's all it is. It's just this, he just, yeah. totally. he doesn't really talk and drives around on a scooter and then gets cut in half. Like what a waste of a cool looking dude. So I was like, Sith cool. Lords can't keep 
themselves together. They really, really can't. I, I just think that it's from a story perspective, from the way you describe mm-hmm. it, it's so cool. Yeah, and like yeah. and and I just um and and for me, I spent all the not all the time, but like he's Darth Maul's revealed, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, didn't he die? Did yeah. I miss something? It's been a long time since I saw episode one. Does he come back later? In the- no, he doesn't. And I'm right. N- Takes you right. out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's and, that's and, that's and, a very kind of key interesting moments with Kira. That's exactly right. That's where you, exactly where you right. normally there's space in the movie for you to reflect on why she did what she did and how she feels about it and you're busy yeah. going through the canon of Star Wars. The other thing about it that's interesting to me is it's not quite constructed like a uh, Marvel teaser because it's not at the end and it's distracting, but it functioned like uh, yes. yeah. Avengers Infinity yes. War spoiler yeah. listeners. When the pager comes on and half the audience knows exactly yes. who that's for and the other half is like, hey, uh, what's the pager about? Mall function like that where people yeah. turn to me like, what's the deal? And people got to go, ah, well. Right. It's funny that you use Infinity War as an example there because, spoiler alert as well, <laughs> I mean, it's on Netflix already, so I feel a little... Is it yeah. on Netflix already? No, no, it's not. No, okay. It's not Whatever. Right. It's on, okay. Sure. You've seen it. If you're listening to a solo podcast, you've probably seen Infinity War. Yeah, but if you haven't when stopped Red, the podcast, when, <laughs> when, quote unquote, it's the movie that also helped bury Solo. Yeah, also part of Disney's bad planning. Yeah, totally. Like, you had two of their biggest hits. Is that when Red Skull showed up in Infinity War, like that was almost beat for beat the same vibe as Maul showing yes. up and like, oh my yes. god, I haven't seen that guy in so long. How's he doing? Like that's exactly how I felt about that. <laughs> like even yes. like they even like did they get a sale on red face paint for the yeah. Disney Studios that time? We <laughs> love Devil Dude cameos. But I, yeah. but yes. I love even your... when we don't understand them, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> but I love your comparison to the um, Infinity War because, or to Infinity War because. If you cut that off at the very end, Infinity War is still a whole movie. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. once again, it's like whatever the tease is, whatever the tag is, it, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it just happens in the middle of, or not in the middle, but it happens like in the midst of, and it serves that same purpose, but it doesn't. But it does. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. So, and, and like Joseph's point, especially that it, it literally happens in the middle of a very important scene yes. for a character. And yeah. To, yeah. yeah. Because like that, that explains partially why you're so quick to question like is Kira good or bad? Because her right. moment that really sold that is hamstrung by. And, sorry, one more thing. If you're me and you go, Darth Maul's evil. Darth Maul is bad. Right. It makes that you go is Kira's what I remember. Evil. And of course, like I don't want to sound like a dum dum. I was following her trajectory. I love a co- complicated lady character. Like I'm, I'm not yeah. criticizing that. I'm just saying again, you're signaling this is a fucking Sith Lord, yeah. and Obi Wan totes hated that guy, <laughs> and I like Obi Wan. Right. Yeah. So what the fuck is this lady? So doing? she's evil. Yeah, Hello there. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, could have been handled better. Like I don't know if they don't want to copy Marvel with the post-credit thing right. even though many other movies do that now like that's I think within Disney they probably feel like that's the that's Marvel's gag like we're not gonna touch it but also I think even they shot it in a weird way because that you could have made choices to emphasize the robot legs a little more to, for just as an olive branch to people who don't really know what's going on they could be like oh so I mean like I don't maybe that wouldn't help that much but like there's really no, nothing to grab onto if you don't know anything about what's, no. what, like, you're just like, why is he alive? Like, you do, I, watching it the second time last night, I did notice you can sort of see a little bit his legs. You can't see his robot legs, but you have to be looking for him. But, like, it would have been cool if instead that there would it's have like been... like the a... FDR of Sith Lords. <laughs> I was about to say, he was trying to find his footing. <laughs> hey, uh, hey. Um, I, I just feel like you could have 
had a shot, like the reveal could have been a pan up from robot legs and it would have been like, whoa. I would have loved it with this sexy <laughs> shot. He spreads his robe open. like a film noir. It's like a crazy Jessica Rabbit moment. It's like, it's like, it's just the, uh, the Sharon Stone moment in Basic Instinct, but with robot legs. With the worrying robotic noise. And that's where he pulls the lightsaber out of. It's like the ice pick. I'm going to ask you one more question for this main section, ah. and then we'll move on to our shortened How Obsessed Are You? Sorry. Uh, sec- no, no, no. It's, it's totally fine. This is great. Uh, too much to say. I know exactly. So this is the fourth one we've done. I know exactly yeah. what I'm doing. It also doesn't it. sound like you and it. I like the movie as much as we thought we did. Well, I know. I always have to go to the negative for some reason. And I actually yeah. feel like I liked it more than it sounds like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all really, probably in the same yeah. place. Cool. I so, did really enjoy it, but I, I just I agree. The, the, the Val thing messed me up a little bit, and like I think L3's death... And then you move on. Yeah. L3's death for me, I think if she had been the only character to die, totally. would have been better for me. I just, I liked the whole trajectory of what happened with her. Like, not counting the part with the Falcon, but like the idea of like, we, we introduced, like, she's the only one got like a complete through line of like, I want to do this thing, and then I go do it. And then she does the thing, but it almost happens as like an accident. She's just trying to get yeah, that story out of the way. She just discovered that this yeah. is and her purpose. She's just yeah. like, like yeah. she's like, but she'd already been talking about it before they left. Like she'd been talking happen. about it as an opinion, but the yeah. idea that it could happen, we yeah. get to see in the moment, which I think losing yeah. her makes is even harder because yeah. she just had this epiphany of like, this is my purpose. I love this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. I know, I know you're trying yeah. to move on, but I feel like we do have to talk about <laughs> the deal with. Lando and L3's relationship like yeah. some people oh, felt it. like it was a little weird okay, a little, I don't mind like, having a longer episode as long as you people are willing to stay in my home and yeah. finish doing the things yeah, in yeah, my yeah. podcast we can no, I do great. love the, the bits between her and Kira and the thing of like how does yeah. that work it works yeah like, I thought it was so like great. I thought it was just weird enough totally. to be interesting and kind of funny without being like uh, what are you doing? Like, what's yeah. going on? I know some Is people were kind of like, robot? what are you talking yeah. about? It? Yeah, like, are they Once again, sense? I I like the weird flavor. Like, yeah, That's I sort do of too. what I, like, the whole, like, again... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like this is why we needed a Lando movie. Yes. I love it. I, I, I want it. I mean, even the biggest fan of this movie has to agree a Lando movie would have been like, more. I, honestly, like, makes I wish yeah. that had done this had done better, and then I wish like the way they would have solved it would have been like, okay, we made solo, now we'll make Lando. Like, that is we'll what the, that is what Jonathan Cassidy wants to do, and yeah. I think that's part of the way that he his contribution to the writing that he very much had in mind. And yeah. I don't think that's dead. I think if you're talking about a yeah. very, very bold business thing that Disney could do if the home video sales do okay, or maybe even if they don't, if they're like, you know well, what, we're going to, you want to like, see, you want to see more? It's Lando's movie, but Han's going to be in the background doing a thing with Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I would love to have a trilogy that's set in this era yeah. with the characters, but like not, not necessarily following the same characters each time. Right. Like, yes. And then you can find out what's happening with Kira and stuff like that. Because yeah, the syndicate being... thing was a great, like, I like the world they set mm-hmm. up. And it's like, it's, it's a shame to just set all that up and then have to abandon it. But you're like, if any franchise can get away with just being like, F you. Like, I don't care how it did. We're making another one. Let's also, deal with it. Like, Donald Glover, um, again, from a purely business perspective, like, is, you know, I'm not trying to sound like Mugatu, but he's so hot right now. He and is like, on fire. And, so and hot also, right now. he is. Um, just as a fan from a fan perspective he's cool he's mm-hmm. funny he's talented he's different yeah. like he's he's when I say that I, I mean he is different from the rest of the safe bet you know yeah. he, he has yeah. an edge to him yeah he's a, a really thoughtful yeah he's an artist he's really thoughtful yes. he is a Star Wars fan so he can talk about it totally. well for a promotion yes. but he's also not just like there for a paycheck yes, he's, yes. I almost want to see 
Kazdan and Glover write the movie together. Ooh, like Jonathan Kazdan. Cool. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. Glover. Like, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah. I think that's close you would get to what the Lord Miller thing was going to be. Lord Miller obviously knew Glover and knew how to work with him and stuff like that. Mm. I think that that's probably the closest you would get to tonally what they were going to go for. Yeah. I feel like just like we've been kind of like touching on a little bit uh, this whole episode is like this felt like the wrong time to make another movie about a white guy. Like yes. it was like, Absolutely. it was time for there to be a movie that wasn't centered on a white guy in star Wars. And they just like, like because of how development works and it takes a long time, it was like, they didn't, you know, you can never predict like, but the, and then I mean, obviously there's a huge swath of the population that doesn't agree with that sentiment, yeah. but they think that rogue one was too not. About <laughs> right. Yeah. They're bummed that yeah. there's any people of color or yeah. anyone else other than white people running around in star Wars. But it was like, it, it was a perfect opportunity to do it in a way that didn't feel like a, like tokeny, like really kind yes. of whatever. Like it was like, you've got a great actor. You've, everyone loves his character already. The actor's the perfect fit for the character. Uh, we don't know a ton about yes, Lando. Yes. There's yeah. plenty of room. Whereas Han, we kind of get it. Like, he's had his arc. Like, right. And nobody's ever been, like, mad back in the day going, Lando starts his journey on Cloud City and I never want to know anything else. They're like, right. sure, tell us more about Cape. And also, like, I mean, you just said something I think really important. Han completes his journey. Yeah. Like, we just had this really amazing I mean, look, I, I like Harrison Ford a lot in in La- in Force Awakens, and whether or not whether or not we agree that he showed up, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. he, that moment, I do. I, I think I, he did. Yeah. I think he did too. He showed I up mean, as much as he can at this. Uh, yes, age. Yeah. I agree. More and, than he usually does, I think. But yeah. the agree, yes. But the weight of that moment where we just killed off. Han Solo right. and Last Jedi so much of that was dealing with the ramifications yeah. of what happened between him and his son and now let's go on an adventure like right. yeah. I mean again not to take That's that away that's very valid but yeah. it's just like we just closed this story right why yeah. are we well, going back for, and for me it's the opposite of it makes it richer because we mm. get to see where, where he, he came from which is this sure, sure. Sus- which I know and it's not like a ch- checking off boxes to me the movie did deep interesting things he came from systemic poverty yeah. i feel like yeah. he had a last name he didn't want it anymore he rejected his own last name and just like i'm han i don't even get an identity yeah. and then he has it and then he passes it on to his son yeah. and then his son rejects his name and everyone he ever cares for and turns around and helps is always an orphan when he meets mm-hmm. luke who just lost his mentor figure he's like well maybe come along with the falcon who does he want to help enfis nest who just explained i'm an orphan my mom used to wear this mask and it just, to me, it makes it even richer that Han has gone through life of, like, intimacy is kind of the thing that scares me the most, but I always look out for mm-hmm. people who are young and hurting, and now it's my own son, and he's young and hurting, and the last thing I want to do is take the emotional risk to step out on this bridge, but he does. Like, yeah. to me, those connections make it richer. Did, did they I'm drive home enough that Kira, her, whether you call it a betrayal or not, but what happens with Kira set him up for a lifetime of fearing intimacy because I think that intellectually makes sense but it doesn't really I didn't feel it in the movie I don't feel like I didn't feel feel like the Han who who finished Solo is the Han who begins A New Hope no and And I don't think he's supposed to be no I I think obviously the plan was to do more movies with this Han but like it's like I don't know if I want to watch a series of movies where a guy like gets gets beaten down <laughs> until more he's more jaded, just like yeah. yeah he's dumb with things. I'm like, he has fun getting jaded. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. It's yeah. an interesting trajectory. The other thing I'll, I'll ask is like I because I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's like a, a bad timing issue. Like maybe five years from now we'd be 
really ready to go back to and revisit, revisit Hanzo. Han. But yeah. it, like I totally agree with Clark. I think it, it is just too felt soon. too soon to we, we, we're we're still healing from his death, and right. it's like I don't really necessarily want to see a different actor. Yeah, take us on a fun ride. It, it feels like if we, they said, "Hey guys, we're gonna announce a Princess Leia prequel," right? And he's you're so just upset. Like, Whoa, yeah, what? yeah, 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 yeah. I, And again, like, well, especially because he's already he's already only nineteen in A New Hope, no, so sure. it's like, when would you make it about? But, it? Yeah. but to well, your point, like on the other <laughs> yeah, side of the coin, it's no. like, oh, but you get to spend time with like a young Leia and yeah. watch her become, uh, you know, fight it, rage against the machine and, and shun away all of her like princess things like in in your in my brain it's a great idea but in my heart i'm like no thank you very much not I, now i right? think that's not now i think Maybe that's different though because that's also tied into our sadness at the actual actor dying totally like whereas like han so harrison ford is alive and was able to give his blessing to yes. alden to take over this role whereas i think anybody anybody else playing Leia right now would feel like sacrilege because it's like yeah. you cannot touch what Carrie Fisher did with this part. Yeah. Like I'm even not sure how I feel about them reconstructing old footage for the new right. movie. Like I'm 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 glad that Billy Lord gave her a blessing to it, so I feel a little bit okay with it. But when I first heard they were gonna do it that way, I'm like, I saw Rogue One, I don't want Dead Eye nope. like Oh yeah, I they're know. not doing that. Yeah, yeah they're for sure if not it's doing actual that. footage, I'm okay with it because like it's her performance and she should get to wrap this character up because that was always what they talked about doing. But I think like I would have a really, really hard time watching literally anybody else play Princess Leia. Yeah, I think the only person on who could one. do it is Billy. If Billy Lord played younger <laughs> Leia, which wouldn't make sense because she's older than Leia, but whatever, yeah. that's the only way that I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I agree with all that, but I my wife noticed something watching Better Call Saul a few weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch that show. I do. Rhea Seahorn. I know it's out of the box, but like put those buns on Rhea Seahorn. <laughs> I think it's I think it's like a perfect and I don't I don't want the movie. I, I, I don't want it, but I but I, I do want it because I think she is amazing and I think she, that would be an amazing like she's like perfect. Okay. So like but that in my mind that would be like five years after Return of the Jedi, yeah. Han's already gone again. Like she's like running <laughs> Canonically he didn't leave her that too. But, yeah. But, well yeah it's possible. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Like, but the, is that like true if you want the bloodline it? novel basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there's lots of layout possibilities. I am gonna yeah. bring us back to yeah, Han Solo. Yes, 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 so uh, so this is my final question for this main section. <laughs> which brings us back to the the soul of, of Solo. I think a big solo. part of uh, the soul of Solo Han's character that I think is well told in Solo is that he wants to believe he's an outlaw and a bad person, but he always does turn back and help when it's really, really critical. And it's we get to see Kira and Chewie be there and learn this and remind him of this. For yourselves, do you think that you have a sense of who you truly are? Or do you need like a Kira or a Chewie in your life to go... That's not actually who you are. Let me tell you who you are because you can't see it from the inside. Boy, that's a deep one. It is. I always give you at least one deep right one. At me. I know, <laughs> this but is, you can. You can. This pass. Is the one I have to start with. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I I like to think that I am pretty like have a moral compass, yeah. like, internal moral compass that I don't that I don't need someone else. But yeah, I mean, I guess like. Uh, when you have kids, it kind of does change you a little bit. Like, I know you guys don't have kids, but like, uh, it is a kind of a constant reminder that, uh, you have to be a role model. Right. Um, and you have, you sort of, you're, you're conscious of that, uh, all the time. So yeah. Um, it makes you think about things that you don't necessarily always think about, like little things, like little 
good Samaritan type yeah. things that aren't really like probably not all that important, but you still like, oh yeah, that's the right thing to do, and I should pass that on. No, that's really awesome. I didn't think of that as children being like uh, Kira and Chewy to all parents being hot. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, please remember, don't be awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess that's how I land on it. But I, I hope I was a good person before my kids were born too. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you were. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Riley? I I think I lean towards the second one. Not I don't think that I do. I, I didn't hear the question the same way that Matt heard it. I think okay. um, I heard it in Dutch. Um, no, I, <laughs> I heard it, it more as like you think this thing about you is true, but the reality is you're more like this. Yeah, you have a picture of yourself, and, and yeah. somebody close to you from the outside sees you in a different, maybe more accurate way. Do you feel like you have a true sense of who you are, or somebody sees you? Somebody so else. You, you heard the question the right you. way, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I went off on a whole oh, different thing. No, I think Open I think for interpretation. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I think that I often get myself wrong. I think that I'm very easy to be too hard on myself. Okay. Um, and I, I especially like the last couple of like last year or so, or like I would say, especially since I started transitioning and then moving past that and like getting to a point in my life where I'm no longer defined by what I don't have, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like now it's kind of like, well, then who am I as a person now? And so I think I'm really quick to be like self critical and like maybe quick to be too down on myself for mistakes that i made in my past yeah and i've definitely had conversations in just like the last several months alone like with like i'm, I'm very good friends with one of my exes and we talk online a lot and i never like just been days like i'll say like all these things that are like just like dragging myself and then she's like you know none of that's true right she's like she like list things that i've accomplished or things that i've done or things that nice. i've done for people and i'm like okay yeah and it's, so i do think i am someone who occasionally needs somebody else to to show me a picture of myself yeah I, I think i get lost in myself a little bit sometimes that's awesome clark yeah i don't know this is a hard one i might be like right i might be in the middle <laughs> because i i feel like i know very much exactly who i am uh but then um every person that you're close to in different ways is i think a mirror it holds up a you know holds up a, a different, different mirror, mirror. Yeah. exactly. Like I've been thinking, um, I don't know if this is TMI, but I was thinking of recently. Like I had a hard summer. It was just like a, a very emotionally challenging summer, and I was tired and burned out. And I found myself snapping at my boyfriend a lot, and I found myself um, almost getting a little mean. And I'm not a mean person. Yeah. And so I was like, now that's interesting because truly, like. I'm not a mean person. And then I started thinking about like, oh, but you know, like my mom kind of has a mean streak. And like, so the point is like, I was like, shit, I'm a different, you are a different person with somebody that you have a different type of love with. Yeah. Because I'm not like that with my friends or my, you know, my whatever. And then, but meanwhile, like when you, we are all have public faces yeah. and so when you are told back to you what people see it's very confusing sometimes like people tell me all the time I see on Instagram I see you know you, you're so busy and I'm like I don't feel busy <laughs> you know or, or I or, went to the beach once yeah, yeah. exactly and and you know so I think that it's a it's a really kind of hard question to answer but I guess in the truly simple way of like I don't think I'm a gunslinger. And then, like, you know, I was like, no, you're not. You're, you're a nice guy. Like, don't worry about it, you know? Um, so, so, yeah, but it's a tough one. Yeah. But I think that uh, the the idea of lots of people holding up different mirrors, yes. and then I think with the advent of social media, many people can put their mirrors together, and you realize sometimes that you accidentally, like, are sharing this 
element of yourself that's now people really, really yes. expect you to always be that. Yes. Like, I tried to be positive about the way I talk about Star Wars in particular, but just in general. Uh, and a lot of people are like, you're so nice. Like, no, I'm trying to do that because I know I can be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get a little bit of balance in the world yeah. and not be an asshole. Like, I want to be a nice guy, and I'm glad that people think I am. But it's because if not, I will be a raging asshole. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hmm. I mean, you, I don't mean you. I mean, that, I get that mentality of like yeah. when I'm talking about fandom-related yeah. things. I'm I try so hard now to not be ultra critical of fandom things and try to like just like play up what I love about things because I think like especially with Star Wars, like it's that's why it's so interesting to talk about this movie now than if we had talked about it like right after it came out in theaters because this summer has made it very hard to be a Star Wars fan. Like, there is so much negative bullshit in the Star Wars fandom right now that it's, like, sucked away a lot of the joy that I have always felt for this franchise and for this saga of things. And I I want to just have this joy. And I think, like, last night when I was re-watching Solo for this, I was like... God, I did just really like this movie, and like, Remember, why can't we fun? just watch these movies and enjoy them? Like, well, that yeah, that was I, just to bring it back to the original question of, uh, that we started with. I think that was my my main reaction to it was like, this is what Star Wars should be. This is the right level of you don't have to. It doesn't have to be earth shattering revelations. It's just a fun ride. Like that's what. Why I re- resp- responded to as a kid. Yeah. O- over my life, I've responded to that. Like there is deeper meaning, and there there are messages, and it has that too. But like first and foremost, it's an escape, and like that's even though I have a lot of respect for the Last Jedi, it was not an escape for me. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a, a a very difficult, yeah, challenging movie for, as a fan of Star Wars. Uh, so like it was nice to just escape on a fun adventure, which is what I expected like i was hoping it would be yeah. i tried not to get my expectations too high but i was like you know let's just go back to like star wars not being so important that it, we have to put everything on it let's just like it can just be a fun escape like I, george lucas didn't intend it to be like this religion <laughs> that people have turned <laughs> it into yeah and uh and certainly lawrence kazan i think has that same feeling of like let's just like keep it on this level of pulp uh, entertainment. And and so I appreciate that a lot about it. I will also say, because you reminded me of it, just to stay positive about fandom, <laughs> like let's give a shout out to like Han shooting Beckett is yes. the greatest. Yes. Yeah. What a perfect movie moment. It's like everything you want. It's, it's what you know. It's, it's like I always say about there's certain things, um, and my reference point is a weird one, but you know, uh, the TV show Everybody Loves Raymond mm-hmm. is like the classic <laughs> sitcom because every line is you know like someone says something and you know what that character would say <laughs> and then they do it and it's still funny and so like it's like you that like Beckett's giving the speech and you're like Han Solo would just shoot this guy to shut him up and it's kind of an echo of Indiana Jones which makes no sense but it's still perfect and it's like I mean it makes and sense and it's Han shooting and, first which yeah. is what everybody yeah, wants Han shoots yeah. first everything kind of co- coalesces into the perfect moment and it's what should it's the best way for this to end for for Beckett to meet his end and everything's like yes you did what I wanted you to do <laughs> at the right time so that I could cheer for it and be like awesome he's still a badass he's he's doing the right thing but he still will kill a motherfucker yeah. like awesome thank <laughs> you he learns to be that guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I well, do like you, you uh, saying this shouldn't be a religion and then looking around Joseph's apartment like, like <laughs> George uh, Lucas didn't intend it to be a religion but he sure embraced it when yeah. it happened yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
we're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. We'll just do a few of these because we got a longer episode. Uh, and I think we've talked a little bit about the obsession level. I don't think it's going to be too terribly high, but it's tradition, so we got to ask a couple of these. If the only way you could ever watch Solo again was to steal a copy from Target, would you do it? Clark? No. <laughs> Riley? Yes, but only because I worked at Target in high school and got fired from Target, so I feel like they owe it to me. <laughs> and I did accidentally that. steal a, a, a eight-pack of LaCroix from Target recently, so I know this. I know the loopholes Oh, now, was it so. on the bottom yep. of the... Yeah. Yep. Uh, sure thing. You just, too. Yep. You just <laughs> went out with a cart like you were pushing uh, some coaxium on a... Yeah, cart? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm just going to push some droids to push their own freedom on the way out. I say LaCroix? Did I say LaCroix? Oh, coax... Not yet. I got it. It didn't quite work. I thought I got it. Crime syndicates fight for LaCroix. It's a dark time. Uh, Well, as you know, Joseph, I'm trying to be a role model for my children. (laughs) No, I probably would. All right, so you'd leave the kids at home and then go steal from They don't have to know. I don't know. I would probably do some weird thing where I would, like, steal it, but then, like, two days later, I'd bring something, like, unopened back to Target and put it on a shelf to balance the universe. Perfect Han Solo answer. You would do the crime, but you'd be like, ah. And kind of Indiana Jonesy and trying to put the sandbag down the way. (laughs) If I return to something to Target of the exact same way, Yes. Here's one shoe, Target. Yeah. That's the same weight. I feel like I, I feel like it sounds like I have a vengeance against Target. I feel like my I love Target. I like to go there when I'm allowed to pee. And uh, <laughs> but yes. I I feel like a, a 1999 DVD would be like the perfect balance for me to fire. Bring your Rogue One DVD. <laughs> Swap it out. Oh oh no Not oh no here. wounds opening. All right. Uh, if Han Solo was real and had a GoFundMe, would you contribute to it? Wait, wait, what's he raising money for? Uh, let's say... For Kira's uh, freedom? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, but yeah, that's That quite... is what he's raising money for, is he not? That's what he's doing? what he's trying to <laughs> yeah. do, yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, let's say uh, he, it turns out he's real, and Kira is real, and he and Kira can escape Maul, and they can be together if we raised enough money. But that makes it more about Kira. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, fair enough. Well, these yeah, questions are really just be for his Fine, short he's trying film. to repair the Falcon, because he's damaged it over and over again. Okay, no, no. That's a very different question. You would say, yes to Kira. Yes. You would say yes to the Falcon. No. You would say no if Han Solo was doing a short film, as Matt suggested. I would probably not donate to Han Solo's uh, Millennium Falcon campaign. Okay, a yeah. short film by Han Solo. Uh, also not. That. Okay, well. Wow. Right, right. Kira, yes. Okay, the short film I would say no, because we clearly know that Solo goes over budget. <laughs> Fair enough. I gotta say, I would lose a humongous amount of respect for him if he launched a GoFundMe, and I would probably not donate to it out of. But I don't feel like he would do that. No, so, I, like, I, don't I don't think so. I reject the question. It's a badly constructed question. It's not fit into the religion of Star Wars, yeah. and I should be ashamed. Uh, would you drive a big? The target does. <laughs> kind of. Would you drive a big van with images from Solo airbrushed on the side? <laughs> Um, no. No, you don't want it. You're not that loud and proud. You don't want people to know. No, I mean, I guess like if the airbrushing could be interpreted as just general Star Wars fandom, I I probably still wouldn't do it. I don't no, want to. This be is a really specifically guy, solo but it's Star Wars story. Solo, yeah, yeah. It's it says like, like fuck yeah, the castings on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, that could be a lot of movies, though. Fuck yeah, like, yeah the Kasdans. Like, that could be... But there's still, yeah. yeah. In, in context, it would be a conversation starter for sure. Okay. If it had a, um, if the driver's seat had a Rio seat cover so it looked like he was driving <laughs> it while it wasn't in it, then probably, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Riley, would you drive the airbrushed solo van? Uh, I, you know what? 
I'm environmentally conscious, so driving a van around seems like a bad call. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, that's so. I know. Uh, there was kidding. an electric that was van. A, that was a jokey <laughs> answer. Sorry. I I probably would. Yeah. Because I feel like. Like, I, it's not because I particularly like and so passionate about Solo that I want everyone to know that I have it. But why wouldn't you want to drive around in the Star Wars car? Yeah, that would pretty be cool, awesome. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Now wait, it's the images from the movie, or is it like, uh, like, is it trying to be like a vehicle from the movie? No, it's images from the movie. Because if it was a van that looked like one of the train cars from that crazy oh train, then the I probably would yeah. want that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For but sure. I would want L three in my passenger seat. Like, oh the nice. Yeah. I'd want that vibe going on. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Clark? Well, similar to Riley's first answer, I am not a great parallel parker, <laughs> so I feel like a van would be a bad idea across the board, so I, I can't drive that van. Yeah, if you're already frustrated with parallel parking and you're driving a large vehicle in Los Angeles exactly. and then it's spray painted with the face of a famous pilot who could park anywhere yes, <laughs> draw a lot of oh, attention. Oh god, so but, many memes. But he would, Plus, he he would regularly keep... smash the True. landing gear off his True. own yeah. ship just to land. But for tactical reasons. He is not a good parker. You yeah. also wouldn't want to drive around in a solo van because you'd get hit constantly because no one would see it. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, sick Deep burn on the yeah. success of solo. Uh, all right. Would you attend a solo-themed costume party where everyone had to dress up like a character from the movie? Yeah. Okay. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I wanted to have a lighter entry obsessed question yeah. to see if people would go for it. I was trying, like, we were already into pre-gaming Halloween in my household, and we were nice. trying to figure out a cool Kira costume for my daughter, and it's like, they make one, but it's not the right one. I wanted the red cape one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, that's that cape, I mean, yeah. I know it's her, not her cape, but it's still badass. And, it's, um, she owns it by the end of it. She does. Oh, yeah. she, she, she owns it the second it. she puts yeah. it on. She owns it in the way that only RuPaul would mean she owns it. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I, so I would like to see that. I, I feel like, again, because it's kind of an under, underappreciated Star Wars movie, I think that's a more interesting theme to a party than just a Star Wars yeah. costume. Yeah, party. absolutely. Riley? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Yeah, not even, yeah. Yeah. Would you dress as L3 if you could? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, nice. I like L3. I got. I have, I have a pretty deep queer metaphor with L3 that I, I wrote somewhere that I probably don't remember enough to do now, but yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. But people can find it on the internet? Yeah, somewhere on Sci-Fi Wire probably. Oh, nice, nice. Clark, would you go to a solo costume party? Mm-hmm. Do I you, sure would. Who would you dress as? Well, I probably Kira, um, but also I think it'd be kind of fun to... to do some interpretation of maybe like Lando has such cool collars yeah and like he's he's got such cool outfits so yeah it could be fun to try and do an, an a version a, a tasteful version yeah version? yeah yeah more like just inspired by the totally. style not like yeah. I'm cosplaying Lando exactly that would be amazing to go to a party where everybody's just like you have to go to this party assuming that Lando decides whether or not you can come in based on your yes. fashion oh <laughs> and then just God, try to dress to please Lando yeah. yeah I'm trying to think of like because we live in Hollywood people go way overboard for costume parties, and yeah. I'm just imagining the amount of work someone would put into their Lady Proxima costume. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, yes. amazing! Speaking of not overlapping with Avengers, like no one talked to each other in those How two movies. Like, oh, we're gonna have Proxima Midnight, Midnight Lady yeah. Proxima. Oh yeah, yeah. here's our crazy. here's our villain, Darth Ultros. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True, very weird, very yeah. like kind of toned out. Like that again, it's going back to like maybe this is like an older 
There's like an older dude vibe to the yeah the creative forces behind yeah. this movie. Like, By the way, did literally... I just combine Thanos and Ultron in my head? Yeah, I did. And called him Ultros? Yeah, I did. Did I, did I name a Final Fantasy Love villain it. like it was a character from I, Marvel? I did. I thought yeah. it was an MCU character I didn't know. I was like, well, Riley's got some secrets. <laughs> I, do, I do have some secrets. All right. Uh, here's the final How Obsessed Are You question. If you could make a sequel to Solo happen, which I think we've all said we might be interested in, you could make it happen by fighting a large goose for two minutes. <laughs> would you pay that price? I would. I would do it for the fans. You do it for the fans. I, I feel oh, like so absolutely. I would want that movie. I want all like I know people. You know my friends, uh, especially my college roommates, a big fan of the movie too. Like we talk about Star Wars all the time, and um, I would take the hit. Yeah, but, yeah, for You'd the fight a goose. Yep. Nice, Riley. Pass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, do I can I, do I get any say in? Okay, can I have a Lando movie? If I fight a goose, oh, can you I have get a Lando to dictate movie? what. Like those, that's the yeah. Movie. You're the fair. goose fighter. Yes, you can dictate how okay. the 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 sequel presents. Then if I can have a Lando movie with Donald Glover that I should have had in the first place, then yes, I will fight a goose for two minutes. <laughs> All right, Riley, are, are you prepared? Yeah, I, I mean, I try. I, I just keep picturing now. I'm picturing both of them in deadly combat with a goose, and it's the best image. Um, and I guess myself too. Yeah, I would do it. Why not? Okay. Yeah. What if it doesn't last two minutes? Do we still get the movie? Yeah, I mean, if you can finish the goose faster than two minutes, <laughs> impressive. I mean, I'm I'm gonna take the cocksure attitude of our hero Han Solo and say yes. I, I've got this. Yeah, I can take a goose. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Yeah, no yeah. problem. It's not a space goose, right? It's just a regular. No, goose? no, it's just a regular goose. Right. They can be tough. What uh, you don't know is I speak goose, and I'm gonna convince <laughs> the goose to to stay in battle with me for two full minutes. To yeah. make you think that. Right. Me make Battle of Pretend with Goose. Yes. Uh, all right, I ask everyone to make a noise. But Goose, up. do you mean Anthony Edwards? No. Of course. Okay. <laughs> we can all take him, right? Yeah. At this point, so yeah. That seems cruel. Yeah. I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Uh, Matt, do you want, want to go first? first? All right. Clark, do you feel prepared to make a solo no- noise? Uh, sure. I think my solo noise would be... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You've got some you, some thoughts and some attempt to engage, and only so successful. I want to say for the record, by the end of Solo, I walked out and I was like, eh, "This is pretty fun." Yeah, like, yeah. Just in, in case again, because I feel like again, I just want to be clear. Like yeah. by the end of it, I was like, eh. yeah. "You didn't, you didn't necessarily want to see it that much. You felt like you kind of had to, maybe." Well, especially when my boys got kicked off of the movie. I mean, then I definitely didn't want to see it as much. Right. But. Yeah, no, I think that's a totally valid perspective. But yeah, of, I had fun by the yeah, end. Yeah, but I, we are affected by all of this news that comes first, which I think you know, sure. creators and studios have to have to recognize that if they're going to get really excited sounds on the podcast obsessed, <laughs> they need to have a better ship. Uh, all right, Riley? I, I don't know if my sound would translate to a microphone. It's the, it's the glee of me, like... Squeezing the theater seat when I realized that Chewbacca was the one in the peace pit. Oh so yeah, it like a... <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sound, <laughs> Matt. My noise is, which is the noise of Han Solo making the noise of a thermal detonator. <laughs> I almost did that, <laughs> but it's the noise of you know what? This movie it clicked. Like yeah. it, it, hey. it worked. Like it, it. You know, we've talked about it a lot. Like it maybe shouldn't have worked. It probably wasn't a good idea. Like, that's the major hurdle was, like, this movie was not the best idea for a movie. Yeah. Like, we didn't need it. Prob- a lot of people didn't want it. But all that aside, 
it for me it clicked and yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled that it did cool all right we have to do this we have to do uh the rating of obsessions and it's fine if they're low clark uh, i will start with you on a scale of one to 60 million credits which is what the quaxing was worth uh where would you rate yourself on your obsession level between one and 60 million one and 60 million so that means that 30 million is a five <laughs> <laughs> so then i would say it's like Four, 40, 30, 35 million. 35. Okay, so just just over half. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Riley, where do you fall? So if you're a 45... 35. 35. 35 I'm going to say that I'm a... Oh, man, it's bad I can't go 66 because it's Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to go... <laughs> you can if you want. I'm going to go 51. 51, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's probably about the value of like an eight-pack of LaCroix worth of uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that, I like I said, I, I agree with Matt. Like, I don't think that I went in thinking it was going to be anything. And then, like, I got a little excited as it was starting to happen. And then by the end of it, like, despite the things I didn't like about it, like, I was like, I had a really, really fun time with that yeah, movie. Yeah. And I was, like, bummed that it didn't do better than it did. Yeah. It's like, I, wa- I wanted, like, a sequel made that kind of put together the cohesive idea of it and got to go on with it so i was very into it and like i like i said the the train scene was really fun i like the one that we haven't talked about at all i loved the war planet scene like when we we meet like i just like the way like oh yeah this is a there is a war happening and this is what the empire looks like as it's expanding its grip on the galaxy which is the same thing i loved about rogue one so like i liked seeing that like just the the Imperial infantry were the people that are less valuable than stormtroopers. Right. Like yeah. that was a really that cool totally. thing to see. So sorry. I know we're, and they're up. coming out with a Han in mud trooper gear, Lego minifigure. Oh, nice. In a couple of weeks. And I feel like the clever little shot of Han in the mud in the exact pose as the, uh, the carbonite. <laughs> yeah, that's so, cool. So, no, yeah, no, I, I think 51. that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the picture of the empire that it portrays. Also weird meta thing that I don't even know if it was intentional or not, but do you guys, I, I'm, I'm outing myself a little, do you guys watch this is us? Oh yes, I do. No, okay, I so you know how back tonight as in, we record this. Yes, I know. I'm excited <laughs> to go back. So in in the in the universe of This Is Us, one of the characters is an actor. Yes, and he gets cast in a movie directed by Ron Howard. That's a World War II movie. Yes. And in that, you see them shooting a scene in that movie where he has to jump over a trench with an explosion behind him and he sprains his knee. And it looks like the exact set from the mud scene <laughs> I in Solo. had this thought when I was Isn't watching. Isn't that insane? Yes. Wow. And, and I love that. I don't know why. It doesn't even make sense yep. that I love it. It doesn't matter. Nope. But it's like so funny to me. And I just think it's hilarious. I thought of that when I was watching it too. Yeah. That's really, really funny. Crazy, I'm glad right? you brought that up because I would not have remembered it unless you said it. Yeah. Very weird. And oh, by the way, in that weird universe, that movie is starring Sylvester yes. Stallone, who made a cameo on This Is Us, and brought up some weird dad issues for this character. Yes. So, anyway, This Is Us is great. You yeah, guys need to be watching it. Check it out. I'll have you guys back for that podcast. Super tearjerker if you uh, want, if you need to cry. But you asked me, yeah, your number, your, number, your obsession number between one and sixty million. Mm. Not on This Is Us, but solo. Right. Um, I'm gonna go. God, I don't. I'm trying to think of a funny number. I can't. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, so uh, I was 35. Right. I'm going to go for like... I think I'm... Maybe... I don't know if I'm below Riley. The way we were talking, I didn't feel like I was, but I want to say like 49. 49. Okay. You're... Yeah. you're, you're I mean, my number was also arbitrarily chosen, <laughs> yeah, so I, I do both. think <laughs> you liked it more than me, but I think I just chose a higher number. But as we talked about it, I kind of... As, because once I started thinking of it critically, there are things that I have issue with. Oh, and that's the other yeah. major thing. I think we talked about this last time. And I definitely want to say again because it's important to me. You, I have to remember this for myself. I'm saying it out loud for myself. You can, you have to, if you're a Star Wars fan, you have to go into Star Wars movies now 
prepared to be disappointed because every single Star Wars movie will be bad in a way you didn't expect it to be. But if you know that and you can, if you can wrap your head around, it's a hard thing to do. But it's like, this is going to somehow be not what you wanted or what you thought because you're way too invested in it. If, you're, yeah. it's, if it's me, yeah. if you're way too invested in it, there will be something that doesn't work for you or is not, doesn't feel right to you. You have to, so like, I, and I made the mistake of, I forgot, I didn't do that with Last Jedi and it, and it, and it bit me in the ass. So with Solo, I went in kind of like, okay, what's this going to be? I'm not getting my expectations up and I ended up enjoying it. So just remember guys, when you watch Star Wars movies, <laughs> don't expect to like it. Don't think it's going to be great because yeah. I, I think I got in my head about Force Awakens being way more than I ever could have expected yeah. it to be. I really love Force Awakens. And it just my love of it has grown since it came out, even. Um, but that set me up for a lot of disappointment afterwards. Yeah. So like, I just got to keep recalibrating, even though. And I know like we have JJ issues in the room, but like I'm recalibrating <laughs> even with JJ's return. Like I don't know. Like I, I don't. I, wanna... I like Force them. Awakens. I just I am in the camp that liked the meteor elements of Last Jedi and mm-hmm. like the things that like that like make you sit with it for a while, like. Yeah. I still think about moments from Last Jedi mm-hmm. almost a year later, yeah. and I'm just like, I just like, I think Last Jedi is a, I, I get frustrated that there's kind of this established narrative now that Last Jedi wasn't that good. Like it feels like like whenever people talk about it online, it's just it's just it has sunk it's in just that so way, yeah. casual to go and well, at least it can't be worse than Last Jedi. Like it's just it's a punchline now, but it's a fantastic movie. I know this is not the Last Jedi episode, but <laughs> like so for me, and I but I, I brought it up because. I went into Last Jedi and was disappointed the first time I saw it because it wasn't the movie that I had in my head. But it's a movie that, watching it over and over again, I'm like, I just there's so much happening in this movie that yeah. is just. And by the way, I, I just want to say too, like I'm not anti JJ Abrams at all. <clears throat> I just think that what JJ Abrams signals mm-hmm. as a as a director and yes. direction is very different than very what safe. other yes. directors signal. Yeah. But maybe this closing chapter of the trilogy will push him in out of his comfort zones a little bit which i would mm-hmm. love for that to happen. Yeah, yeah i think this is a great uh, prequel for our episode nine discussion <laughs> and I, I will i'll put it on here because people are gonna listen back that i think that this is jj abrams mission to prove i'm not the guy that you think i am i'm gonna do something bold and crazy okay. ryan ryan surprised you watch what i'm gonna go great. with that we're that gonna move on the shit out of me, by the way <laughs> well, like go, when, when you, guys you are, who are just workman like guys who try to that's scary but okay yeah we, we'll yeah, see. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Remember, you have created your own mantra for yourself. I know, but stay not in your lane, JJ. Stay in your lane. Don't listen. Don't listen to Joseph. Do what you do, man. You're you're pretty good at what you do. Don't overreach. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, I want to do some quick plugs. So just tell people uh, where yeah, they yeah. can find you on social media. Uh, I quit Twitter. It's toxic. It's horrible. <laughs> it's uh, go. I and I should probably also quit Instagram, but I'm on Instagram at Matt Belknap with a K in the Belknap. Uh, you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you can listen to Never Not Funny on Earwolf or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, that's the podcast I co-host with Jimmy Pardo. And uh, we've got some really good guests coming up. Oh, when does this come out? Uh, this is coming out this uh, Thursday, so the whatever date. Okay, happens. well, we just had Jamila Jamil from The Good Place, who's amazing oh, wow. and hilarious. She's and uh, that was a highlight for me. And um, Rob Reiner was on a couple months ago. Oh, awesome. He was awesome. So yeah, just check it out. There's some good stuff in there. Awesome. Riley? 
So this is this coming Thursday? Yeah. Cool. If, uh, I will be in Portland this weekend for the All Jane Comedy Festival, and I'm actually running a live D&D uh, game in Portland as part of the festival on Sunday at the Curious Comedy Theater, and that'll be at from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., and that's going to be like, I think, $5. It's called All Jane Some Dice. Cool. Uh, I also have a comedy special out now on seedandspark.com called Everything is Fine. And <laughs> it's, uh, so you go seedandspark.com slash fine. It's a, it's their first original production as a streaming service, and it's me and five other comics, and we're all doing like short sets and there's like little interview segments for us too so you can watch either the special as a whole or you can watch the individual clips that also have like interviews with us and people who know us and then also the set from our stand-up as well and lastly uh, starting in October I am going to be on a live D&D streaming show called uh, The Broken Pack which is going to be on the D&D Twitch channel cool awesome nice. and your your Twitter is is it at Riley it's at Riley J Silverman J, on right. Twitter and then it's just Riley Silverman on Instagram awesome Clark uh, you can find me at Clark Wolf, Clark with an E, Wolf with an E on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I am also playing Dungeons and Dragons on a podcast. Nice. Uh, it's called Fear Initiative. It's for Blumhouse. And uh, it's really, really fun. Speaking of my Willow love, my character's name is Sorsha. So nice. just a little up. But yeah, it's really, it's a really fun podcast. So you can check that out. And you are just at Clark Wolf everywhere, right? Correct. Awesome. Here's some quick plugs for this. And then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter. And Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out that Star Wars podcast I mentioned. That's called Force Center. Info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check my website at josephscrimshaw.com and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. Alright, final fun weird questions. Matt, if you could shoot one of these things out of your hand, which would you want it to be? Acid or printer ink? <laughs> printer ink. No question. I just went into a rage recently because my printer wouldn't print a black and white text even though it was only low on cyan, and I wanted to <laughs> murder the guy who did, made that decision at Epson. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You wanted to murder uh, Mr. and Mrs. Epson. John Epson, John Epson. you bastard. Tammy Epson. Yeah, so that printering would solve a lot of my problems. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Riley, if you could run at super speed, but only between your home and one other place, where would be the other place? Ooh, that's a really good movie theater. Movie theater, yeah. nice. Because nice. that way you don't have to worry about, like, am I going to make it there? Am I going to get parking? Am I going to get there? You just boom, I'm right there. Yeah. yeah, and you could even run there even if you don't have a movie pass and just say, like, eh, yeah. I don't well, want to I, I have A-list now. I go to one of the many fine Burbank AMC cinemas. Oh, nice, nice. Clark, you can fly, but only if you're holding a specific object in your hand. What would the object be? Oh, boy. Uh, um is a hard one yeah it is i'm oh. sorry <laughs> um should it oh, what would you always want with you yeah, or what, what would you want people to look and go oh look up in the sky that woman's <laughs> fine and she's holding a well i think uh chapstick <laughs> <laughs> it does get rather dry up there awesome. yeah yeah it's i'm gonna exactly i could always keep it in my pocket yeah. if i needed to so i could you know because i was thinking like peacock feather <laughs> but then I was like, no, I wouldn't want to have to carry that around. No, blow out your hand in the sky. Yeah, exactly. And wait, where can I put it? And so, chapstick. It's amazing. He's like, oh, that's a hard question. And you were already thinking of two amazing answers. <laughs> and just trying it's to hard because there's too many options. This is a hard question. It. I don't know between peacock and chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The final question on the podcast is always, what is happiness? You've all done the podcast multiple times. Does anyone want to volunteer to answer what is happiness? 
I started eating carbs again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. High five all around. High fives for carbs. Yeah. That's the best answer ever. Does anyone want to add anything or are we going to leave it at carbs? I'm happy with carbs. Yeah. Our carbs happiness today for our solo podcast. Yeah, I like a car I like some carbs. Yeah, carbs are good. Thank you. Carbs all. are like our world's coaxium. <laughs> <laughs> a precious resource we should not neglect. That's true. And then used right. to oppress us. <laughs> and I will steal it from Target. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for doing it. Uh, that is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Could I please hear your best Chewbacca roars? Rrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr